There's a lot of stuff I want to talk about this year. I have a, a whole kind of vision of where I want to go. But this has really been on my mind a lot. I found myself thinking about these roles I go through in my life. I want to ask a question. It's rhetorical. Don't answer because you probably answer wrong <laughs> at this point. Is truth enough? Is truth enough? You know, when the Bible says the word righteousness, it's not just doing the right thing. It's meaning to do the, the right thing the right way. Okay? God has the right to do a lot of things to us and to the world. If we're talking about what God deserves to do, He could do a lot of things that would not be good for us. A lot of things that would disobey His overall intent that He has spoken about us. God could drop any one of us. But God doesn't just do the right thing, the thing He has the right to do. He goes about it in a way that matches His full plan. Okay? So you can't just have the right thing. You've got to have the right way you use it. Is truth the highest virtue? They, they swear in court. Nothing but the truth, so help me God. Truth is the highest virtue. I just want the truth and nothing but the truth. But truth can't be the highest virtue. I know inside when we say verse, statements like that, it sounds like we're being blasphemous, but truth in itself cannot be the highest virtue, the, the, the goal in our life. Handling truth the right way. Let me explain this way. There's a story in the Bible. A man named Jacob had a bunch of kids. That'll get you into trouble, a bunch of kids. These kids were grown people now. And he had a daughter. Okay, she was beautiful. His family was camping outside a Philistine kingdom. The prince of the kingdom, his name was Shechem. The city was named after him, Shechem. There you go. He loves Jacob's daughter, Dinah, and he seduces her and he assaults her against her will. Now, God has always been clear about what purity is. He's always been clear about what fornication is. He's always been clear about this. It was a grave sin. It was a crime. If God's people were able to judge him, it would have been catastrophic. You can go look it up what they do. In the 21st century, if someone committed this crime, they're going to jail or other punishments. Something awful took place. But he loved her and said, I want to marry her. Well, Levi and Simeon, two of Jacob's sons, said, Are you kidding me? We want justice. We want the right thing to be done. And you're like, yes, that makes sense. But Jacob, he says, If we do anything about this, we may start a war with a nation that will consume us. Well, I don't agree with Jacob. I think you can be godly no matter what the environment, and God will back you up. But I wasn't in Jacob's shoes. I think he made a wrong decision. As everybody in the room would say, Jacob, you're wrong. So Levi and Simeon make a deal with the Philistines. You want to marry our sister? That's fine. We changed our tune. You can marry our sister. But we're godly men. And God told us, all the men, we have to circumcise ourselves. It's like surgery, okay, without getting into all the details. You have to commit surgery on yourself to purify yourself. They have no painkiller. They have no anesthesia. These people just committed surgery with a pocket knife. And the whole kingdom is healing and they're vulnerable. Levi and Simeon, two men, walk in with swords and they kill all the men. They kill them all. They lied to them and tricked them, made them vulnerable, and then killed them. And when they got done, they said, well, that's justice. They did something wrong. We made it right. You're feeling two things pull in your stomach when you hear a story like that. I get that something needed to be done, but why do I feel dirty about how they did it? Because they did the right thing the wrong way. You don't lie. There's justice, but there's clarity. There's rule and order. 
if, if you want to deal with it, you got to be honest and godly about it. No matter what the rule of the law was, you had to have the right spirit and they messed it up. Truth is not the highest value. Truth handled righteously is the highest value. Let me very quickly explain in several principles. Firstly, truth has context. Okay, I'm going to write that down. Truth has context. Context is the surrounding sentences in a paragraph. My wife will hear my audiobook and listen to fantasy novels like uh, medieval knights, warriors, all that stuff. Nothing weird, promise. But she will hear a line and she'll be like, what is going on in your book? Like, no, you got to know the greater context. you got to know the paragraph, the book. It, that line sounds goofy, but if you knew the whole story, you go, oh, okay. One, one thing out of context is, is, is kind of strange. That's what context means, the surrounding environment. Truth has a context. Imagine this, okay? This is not about my marriage. This is, not, this is not about me. But there's a husband and a wife in a car. Okay, your parents have done this. Where do you want to go eat? I don't care. Where do you want to go eat? I don't care. You pick. You sure you don't care? Yeah, I don't care. Okay, I'll pick. Let's go here. Not there. But you don't care. I don't care anywhere but there. Okay. What about here? Not there either. You sound... Like you have a whole bunch of care for not caring, okay? In that moment, the only truth that needs to be solved is they need to eat. That's true. There's confusion. There's disagreement. That is true. It's a small context. But here's what married couples do sometimes. They switch context. You know what? You're acting just like your mom or you're acting just like your dad. Or two years ago on vacation, you said, whoa. The context got bigger, and the conversation got bigger, and the fight became something else. They switched context. If they had limited it just that one moment, let's just figure out where to go eat, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Sometimes, when you're dealing with things, you don't need to bring up the past, because it just you'll make it confusing. That truth will suffer. You'll forget what you're talking about, because somebody switched on you. Have you ever had that happen to you or you done it to somebody? You're fighting over something. You're trying to figure out something. And you're like, you know what? You just don't like me because so-and-so said I was cute three years ago and you're jealous. What are we talking about now? Why did you go back? You, you move the context. Truth has context. In that situation, you don't want to bring in everything, the whole relationship, the past, the future. You want to deal with it small because it doesn't matter really. But there's a certain kind of truth that needs greater context. For instance, there's a verse in the Bible where Jesus is ministering and people want him to, to come to him, them and teach them. And at one point, they want to make him a king because he fed them. And it said that Jesus withdrew. He did not want to give himself to them because he did not trust them. It says that because he knew it was in the hearts of men. Jesus loved the world and wanted to save the world, but yet he did not trust these people. He did not trust the world. But if you love me, you must trust me. Love is not the same as trust. But God willing, there will be trust where there is love. But certain times, let's say you have a friend or a family member or you yourself, you dealt with a chronic addiction or a chronic problem or you came out of a really bad relationship. Or your friend did and your friend comes to you and says, hey, I think I'm going to get back to this person. And you go, but don't you remember all the chaos? Well, that was the past. It's covered in the blood, bless God. You don't love me. No, I'm actually trying to protect you. I'm going to take this moment and bring in the greater context to see the truth of the matter fully. we got to bring up the past, not to beat you up, but to show you 
I'm trying to protect you. If there's a drug addict, for instance, God forgives, God loves, right? It's in the past. But you better believe God is trying everything within his power to make sure they don't go back to an environment that will trip them up. And we do the same thing. If someone embezzles money has a problem doing that, I will love them and I will, I will pray wonderful things of their life, but they're not going to be my accountant because that would be a temptation. I'm not going to give the alcoholic wine at communion. Why? You don't love them because you, you're, you're still not trusting them. I'm actually protecting them. So the truth of the matter needs greater context. I do love them, but I'm in a godly way not trusting you in a way to protect you. It happens over and over and over again. But notice the two different situations. Sometimes truth doesn't need all that air, all the context. It'll get messy. Don't compare them to this. Don't bring up the past. Sometimes truth does need a greater context. Because you can't just take it in that moment. Because if you take it in the moment, if you don't remember where you've been and what you've been through, then you'll, you'll have to relearn the lessons of yesterday. So sometimes truth needs that greater context. Truth has a timing. Truth has a frequency. Okay? Truth has a timing in this. Let's say there are two females. Okay? They're both friends. been friends for a while. But one female thought they tried a new hairstyle. They watched some crazy Pentecostal Instagram video of a new hairstyle. And it's just out of hand, y'all. Their hair looks goofy. And you're a good friend and you've been to tell them a long time. i got to tell you, your hair is awful. Okay? It's because I love you. But you haven't told them yet. Okay? So you're sitting at a table with a bunch of other friends. And your friend kind of irks you. They say something about someone you like. They say something about your person. You know what you say? You know what? The day's the day. The whole truth, but nothing but the truth. You know what? I don't need to tell you because I love you. Your hair looks awful. And your friend goes, I hate you. And you're like, well, it's the truth. What do you want? It's the truth. And there's bloodshed. And there's a split church. And it's awful. And parents get involved. And it's awful. And you're like, I did nothing wrong. It's true, isn't it? You're like, it was true, but I think your timing and I think the environment matters. The highest virtue can't be truth. It's got to be how you use truth. Okay? For instance, I like chicken. Anybody like chicken? Chick-fil-A, Bojangles, Popeyes. I like chicken prepared the right way. You put raw chicken in front of me and say, eat it. I go, "Uh uh-uh. Mm-mm. Why? Don't you like chicken? Yeah, I like chicken, but I like my chicken prepared the right way. Is You don't think this is chicken because you don't eat? No, I believe it's chicken, man. What are you talking about? I just want it cooked. Truth is the same way sometimes. It can be right, but if it's not prepared the right way, it can kill people, y'all. It's sharper, the word is, than a two-edged sword. It's like a scalpel is used for surgery, but you put it in the unqualified hand. If I had to remove your gallbladder with a scalpel, I would kill you. But you put the same scalpel in a trained surgeon who'll save your life. Truth is like the scalpel, and us being led by God is the skill to handle the scalpel. You tell your friend their hair looks bad in private. In the right spirit. Maybe you're not the person that can tell them that truth. Truth has a timing. Truth has a setting. And truth has a person. There are people in your life you trust that could come tell you something true about you. And you go, now, it hurts, but I understand. Someone else could go and say the same thing to you, and you're like, I don't like you. Get out of my face. But they're both saying the same thing. What's the difference? People you trust, people you don't trust. 
Truth is not the highest. It's who's handling it sometimes. You bring me a filet, and there's a hair on it. It could be the perfect filet. It could be medium rare. It could be wonderful. It could be $50. It could be what dreams are made of. But if there's a big hair on it, I'm not eating it. Why? Because it was mishandled in its delivery. You know what the difference in gossip is in truth? Sometimes gossip is true. And everybody that's been around a gossiper or has gossiped has said this line, but it's true. <laughs> but it's true. But that steak's a steak. I ain't eating it because it's been mishandled by the wrong person in the wrong way. It's been in a dirty kitchen. You can handle truth improperly. I ain't touching it. See, mishandled truth is just as dangerous as lies and poison sometimes. So we pray through God's Spirit that allows us to understand His Word through His wisdom. We pray not just to know truth, but how to handle truth properly. Whether we're teaching people how to become saved, we must do it in love and compassion and clarity. Whether we're, we're teaching each other how to walk with God in this salvation, living an overcoming lifestyle, we must do it the right way. Or whether we're just doing relational truths, like, hey, I think your hair is messed up, or hey, I'm going to help you live this life better, or hey, I'm going to help you make better decisions. Whatever realm of truth it is in, it's got to be handled in the right way. How many times has someone come to you, said the true thing, but the environment was wrong, and so you had to reject what they said in order to protect your dignity? You would have believed them if they said it in a different place, but because they embarrassed you, you sold up and said, uh-uh, defensiveness. But if they were trustworthy, if it was in the right moment, you'd have said, I understand. Because the environment matters, does it not? The person matters. The timing <clears throat> matters, does it not? Truth has a frequency. We're going to die soon, relatively, to human history. You know, I'm hoping we're good 90, 9. I want my kid to be in his 70s by the time I, I'm out of here. That's my goal. But really, when I say I'm going to die soon, it's kind of true, right? If I say it once in a while, people are like, oh, wow, grounded, stoic. You say, you're like, I'm going to live today like it's my last because we're going to die soon, you know. Nobody? You know what I'm talking about? It's like a whole thing. Seize the day, carpe diem, we're going to die soon. And that's cool and all. But imagine you woke up and said it every day to everyone around you, I'm going to die soon, I'm going to die soon, I'm going to die soon, I'm going to die soon. One person is enlightened. The other person has a condition. But they're both saying the same thing. Why? Because how much you say it matters. I can say that, and I've learned this because I'm obsessive. Like if something needs to be done, if we need to do something, I will tell my wife or something, hey, we need to get this done. She'll go, yeah, okay. And then I'll say it again. Yeah, okay. Then I'll say it again and again. And she's like, listen, you have said this. And I'm like, why are you mad? It's true. And then I easily learn, if I say it a lot, then people will question your intentions, right? If you say it a lot, people are like, well, they're saying they're going to die soon. I thought they were just saying, like, let's just live life to its fullest. Now I think they have despair. The frequency by which you say it, I begin to question your intent. Like if you tell a friend that you trust tells you, hey, let's work out together. You'll go, sure, man. What if he says it every time he sees you? You're like, I think he thinks I'm fat. The same thing is being said, but the frequency which is said, you now mistrust their intentions because truth has a frequency. Truth has a frequency. Almost done. Truth has balance. It has balance. 
God is loving and God is also convicting. God is a judge and God is also grace. But neither of these attributes contradict each other. Grace was not God saying, hey, everybody sinned. I'm just going to forget about it. Grace was, the judgment of me says that debt is owed your life. But grace said, I can pay my judgment if I become a man and die in their place. His love did not contradict his justice. His love paid his justice. Okay? Truth did not contradict themselves. They both survived and thrived together. For instance, the Bible says that the physical body is not nearly as important as the spiritual well-being. Right? Like, yeah, I'm not going to eat healthy. I'm not going to worry about it. This world is not my home. This is passing through. <laughs> but then the Bible says over here, don't get drunk, uh, be sober, gluttony, eating too much is a sin. Ooh, that's interesting. Do not mark peers, do not become sexually immoral. I thought my physical body was not as important as my spiritual well-being. But over here, there's a lot of things that God is telling me to do with my body and not do with my body. How are both these things true at once? So what you find is truth has a balance. I can't just pray five hours a day and then smoke a pack of cigarettes and want God to heal my lungs. That would be out of balance. And y'all are a tough crowd tonight. I'm telling you what, I'm throwing some slingers. Y'all are stoic. It has a balance. You can't contradict one characteristic for the other. It balances out. For instance, the Bible says the end is near, right? No man knows the day or the hour. Samuel just got scared when I was talking about it. I saw him look around. So what did the early Christians do? They quit their jobs. Just became monks. They're putting flowers into their, their hair. Just a, just a good old time. They're sitting in the field staring at the sky all day. Food's running out. Everybody's getting poor. Paul says, you've got to go back to work, y'all. You've got to feed your kids, your family. People are not respecting you. He says to, to the church, if you want to be in ministry, you've got to live in a way that's not compliant with, but in a way that is respectable to the world so that they will want to live like you. He said, go back to work, go earn for your family, lest you be like an unbeliever. The Bible tells you to go to work. That's very strange. I thought that my spiritual life was more important. I thought Jesus said, don't worry about what you wear. Don't worry about what you eat. Life is more than clothes. Life is more than food. And then Paul says, if you don't go work, you're going to starve and die. How are both these things true? Because truth has a balance. Both are true at once. You've got to do both. You've got to tend. You've got to be disciplined. You've got to do the right thing. But you also got to trust in the Lord. And when you find the end of yourself, you also have to say, God... You have to do more than I can do. Both can be true at once. How often do you and I, and how often do we see other people in the world take one truth and live in a way in which it contradicts the other truth? Truth has a balance. Truth has specific terms. Truth has specific terms. I was walking around the Smithsonian and I seeing what America thought of itself of its failures, its successes. It was heavy. I could, I could see the ups and the downs. I could see ideas. I could, I could see tilts. You know, America's trying to make every term ambiguous. For instance, if someone asked me, are you for everyone having equal rights? I would obviously say yes. Yes. Even 
though there was wickedness to happen for a lot of America's history, and the founding fathers didn't do a thing about it, but they said, listen, we know it's wrong. We hope the, the next generations after this can deal with it. They even condemned themselves because of it. And even though it took so long for America to give the opportunity for all men and women, no matter creed or race, no matter religion, to have equal standing, that was still the ideal, and where we're achieving it, it's amazing. I believe in equal rights, equal opportunity. I, I believe in that. Duh. That's true. And then they'll say, oh, so you, you, you believe that a, a woman should be able to kill a baby inside of her? No, I don't believe in that. Oh, so you don't believe in equal rights? Wait a second. I believe that everyone's judged by the character of their heart and not the color of their skin. I, I believe that this is the home of the free and, and the brave. But yeah, I don't, I, there's murder. But then you don't believe in equal rights then. Truth is specific. Truth has boundaries. Two things can be true at once. Having all the rights you want doesn't also contradict moral sovereignty of a life. <coughs> you believe in equal rights? I do. I do. I believe that everyone should have equal opportunity. I believe that no matter what your religion, I believe no, however you want to live your life, as long as you're not killing somebody or doing debauchery or infringing on my religious liberties, I believe this is the land of the free, home of the brave. Bless God. So you think that a 12-year-old boy who thinks that they're a girl, you think it's okay when the school system pulls them from their parents because they identify as another gender and they allow them to transition against the parents' wishes because their parents won't go along with it. You agree with that? No, I, I don't. So you don't agree, you don't believe in equal rights. Truth has specifics. I believe. I believe in equal, equal rights. But I also don't believe in debauchery. And I don't believe taking with the sovereignty of a parent. I believe when you're an adult, you make your choices. But I don't believe you change the definitions and infringe on reality to feed delusion. But I believe we all can live free. You believe what you want. You live how you want. Thank God. Don't change my Webster dictionary. Don't change how they teach in schools. Truth has specific terms. Belief is not faith. Belief is plus obedience is faith. James said that the demons believe in one God. You believe? Good for you. But now you've got to obey God. That's faith. But Christianity says now that belief and faith are the same thing. But the Bible does not. Truth has specific terms. Most conflict and most confusion starts when we begin to conflate terms. And we begin to change definitions of morality. And the conversation gets messy. Truth has specifics. In closing... I share this. Imagine that you need to put a picture on a wall, much like that bracket and nail right there. You have a nail in your hand. And you put that picture on the wall. So you grab out of your tool chest a screwdriver. Your friend walks in and you're trying to hammer that nail to the wall with a screwdriver. Your friend thinks less of you in that moment, but they say, hey, what are you doing? I'm trying to nail this thing to the wall. That's not the right tool for that. You don't believe in screwdrivers? What? Yeah, that's just not the right tool. But isn't this useful? Yes, useful. I'm not saying this, but not for this. You need a hammer. But I thought this was true. Yeah. You take the hammer, it works. Hallelujah. Just because it doesn't work in every environment does not mean that it's not true. For instance, 
Let's say that you weigh 165, you're in moderate shape, but your cardio is bad, you want to tighten up a little bit, want to be healthier. I give you a jump rope, I say jump rope 10 minutes every day. In two months, you're going to be jacked. That's true. Let's say you're 500 pounds, you've never worked that day in your life, and I give you a jump rope and say do it for 10 minutes a day. Two months from now, you're going to say, you're a liar, it didn't work. Why did one thing work for somebody and the other one didn't work for the other person? But it's the boat, it's the same thing. Because the condition matters. Truth has conditions. The most dangerous thing is to read the Bible and not understand the condition you're in. You may not be in a season where you're called to this or you can do this. You may be in a different season where this deals with you. Not knowing the condition that you're in. Why does it say that before you can receive His Spirit, they have to speak in their tongues? Why does He ask us before we get baptized in Jesus' name to repent of our sins? Because he wants to create in us a condition by which that truth can operate in our life. Repentance is the condition by which that truth can work for us. It is the hammer to use there. It is the screwdriver for that tool. The right place, the right time, the condition. I noticed it in my life. People told me prayer worked. Your anxieties, they'll get better. You'll have joy, you'll have clarity. The Bible will speak, leave off the page. Really? Yes. When should I do it? Well, it works a lot in the morning for most people. Okay. So I stayed up really late to like 1.30. That was my habit. I was young. I'm going to get more early before school and pray. I had no sleep. I woke up early. You know what happened? Prayer didn't work. You know why? Because I had like three hours of sleep. I do this for a season in life, and I begin to think that old people are crazy. Prayer really doesn't work. Then as I got older, I said, I'm going to go to bed at 11. I'm going to wake up at 6. I'm going to pray. All of a sudden, prayer starts to work for me. Was it that the truth of prayer changed, or was it that the condition by which I allowed it to work changed? If something that you know to be true in your heart of heart, something the Word of God says is true, something people you trust say is true, if all those things are going on, ministry, if it is, is true, but yet it's not being... Hello? Technology. If it's not being true for you then we have to check the condition by which we are living. There's a devil in the sound system. If it's not being true for my life right now, then I have to check my condition. So think real quickly, towards the end of the lesson, right now, what have you been wanting to be true? There should be joy, right? There should be discipline. There should be clarity. I should have good relate. What is true on the page but not true in my life? Do I need to stop questioning the truth and start judging my condition? And it may not be you have blatant sin in your life. You may just be have a little wrong perception. You may be trying a little too hard or trying a little too, too less. You, you may just need to change the condition by which you allow truth to work in your life. I'll recap real quickly. Close in this one illustration. A scalpel is true. It's used to change lives, save lives. A surgeon will use it to cut out sicknesses, open up somebody. That's the tool. The Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, it says. Piercing between soul and spirit, between bone and marrow. It is sharp, it is true. There's a reason why God didn't say, here's a Bible, have at it. There's a reason why He said, when I give you my Holy Spirit, it will allow you to understand the Bible better and share it better. There's a reason why God gave ministers, teachers, preachers, evangelists to share the Bible. There's a reason why God gives anointing to help us discern it and all the gifts to help us share it and, and apply it and obey it. 
Why would God just not just give us truth? Why is He so involved? Why are there pictures? Why are there so many people involved? The same reason why you just don't need a scalpel for surgery. You need a trained professional. The same reason why if I gave Kate a scalpel and said cut out their gallbladder, you would charge him with murder. So what does God do? He says, have wisdom, have temperance, have conviction, have justice and righteousness, but also have love and grace. Know how to do the right thing the right way because it's not just enough to have truth. You have to know how to share it and apply it the right way. This will affect your marriage. This will affect you tomorrow. This will affect how you speak to your parents. This will affect how you go about life. This will greatly affect how you parent. Truth is not the highest virtue. Using it the right way is. Become somebody that can share hard truths with people. Invest in relationships. If people can't receive it from you, check who you are. Check what well, have I said too much? Did I waste my reaches? Remember that? Why do I not have hands that can share this truth? Have I dirtied the truth by sharing it with the wrong person at the wrong place, the wrong time, with the wrong intention? I want to be a vessel that can share real truth. And you should want that too. Amen? Why don't you stand with me? James said the tongue is a powerful thing. We worship God with it. We speak in tongues with it. Sign of receiving the Holy Ghost. We prophesy the goodness of God. God speaks. We speak. The whole religion is based on speaking, y'all. I don't know if you noticed that. He said, though, but the tongue, a small word, can be like a flame that destroys everything. It's like a small rudder on a large ship. He's saying that your tongue, if it's used the wrong way to speak lies, it can destroy everything in your life. Churches have split. Marriages have ended. Hurt feelings. Families are estranged all because someone spoke the wrong way. They may have even said true things, but they didn't say it in a godly way. I'm trying to get better about this. I hope you seek to be better about this. Truth is just not the highest value. you got to say it and do it the right way. Why don't you pray with me? God, we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your truth. Let us seek, let us wrestle with with you as Jacob wrestled with you to understand how to use it and share it and apply it to ourselves the right way. We know how to live, but yet we can condemn ourselves and then we get trapped. But we know how to live, we can convict ourselves and say, i got to change. How do we know the difference between conviction and condemnation? You're going to show us how to use that truth the right way. How do we know when it's time to be... To, to, to judge and say this is wrong. And how do we know when it's time to have mercy and grace? How do we know? You're going to lead us and you're going to guide us. We're going to read your word and pray about it. You're going to teach us. And your spirit's going to help us. Let us know how to share your truth. Let these hands be clean. This mind be clean. Let us live in each of our relationships in a way in which we are adequate to handle hard truths for those around us. In Jesus' name, and the church says, Amen. They got a long video. Be friendly. Turn the music. Somebody flip the lights for me. God bless you.